Seidenberg on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Scott Seidenberg here with you. It is the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, as we are fully entrenched into championship week in college football here on the, the Tuesday of as we approach the calendar is switching to December. It's crazy, but on the final day of November, the college football playoff rankings, the second-to-last version, I think that's called penultimate, right, was uh, unveiled, and no surprise, it's exactly what we thought it was going to be with Georgia at number one, Michigan at number two, Alabama three, Cincinnati at four, and Oklahoma State at five, jumping over Notre Dame. When you take a look at where we are now and where we could be, It's pretty simple. Like, the top we know is in control. If Michigan beats Iowa, they're in. If Cincinnati beats Houston, they're in. And Alabama went over Georgia, they're in. But if Georgia beats Alabama, then Oklahoma State is in with the win over Baylor. Now, what happens with chaos? If Baylor beats Oklahoma State, I think Baylor gets in. Has a really good shot. I know that they're ranked ninth right now, but you're talking about a Big 12 champ with a top five win and a Power 5 conference title. So taking a look at the future odds in college football to win the national championship, you can get really good value right now on some long shots if chaos happens. The top four are your shortest odds. We know that. Notre Dame is at plus 2,500. What scares me about the Irish is what Gary Barta said on the ESPN playoff show that the committee is going to pretty much, and I'm paraphrasing, they're going to take into consideration Notre Dame not having a head coach. But when you look at Notre Dame's resume anyway, it's just not that good. Ohio State is at plus 10,000 right now. And they're sitting here at number seven saying, give us another chance. And maybe, maybe, if like three things happen, Ohio State gets in. Like if if all three lose, Michigan loses to Iowa, Cincinnati loses to Houston, uh, Oklahoma State loses to Baylor. Okay. Georgia's in. They're number one. Number two, Who is it? Is it Big Ten, Big 12 champ Baylor? Is it Notre Dame? And then we're still trying to find other other teams. And maybe Ohio State is that team. Maybe it's two-loss Alabama, depending on how they look against Georgia. So Ohio State, yes, you can put a flyer on them. I don't think Iowa has a chance... I don't think Pittsburgh has a chance or Wake Forest, the ACC. I don't think Ole Miss has a chance. Ole Miss is sitting here at plus 20,000. I do think that Oregon and Baylor have a chance. And we're talking chaotic scenarios to happen here, right? But let's say that you do get all those losses. Oregon could be a two-loss Pac-12 champ with a win avenging their only loss. And wouldn't that be something? And when you compare them to Ohio State, 
hey, they beat Ohio State. Ohio State didn't play for their conference title, and Oregon won their conference title. So maybe the Ducks at plus 20,000 deserve a shot. But I think Baylor at plus 20,000 actually deserves a shot. And the reason why I think Baylor's the move here at plus 20,000 is because it's a little easier for me to see Baylor get into the playoff. Because all they need, really, and think about this, and which is kind of crazy considering what the rankings are. But right now, it's Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, Notre Dame. Seven and eight, Ohio State and Ole Miss, they can't better their resumes. Baylor at number nine would have, if they win and win convincingly, we're talking about a win over number five, Oklahoma State, a win that avenges a loss from earlier this season. You would then compare that resume to Notre Dame, who did not play for a conference title, who does not have a head coach. And I think that they would reward Big 12 champion Baylor with a trip to the college football playoff if there were losses above them. And it might only take one. Let's say that Georgia beats Alabama. Your top three are Georgia, Michigan, and Cincinnati. Your options for number four then become two-loss Alabama, which I think is out. Two-loss Alabama that just lost to Georgia. I don't want to put them in at number four and have them rematch with Georgia. We just saw that game, and Georgia won. Notre Dame didn't play for a conference championship game, has a weak schedule, doesn't even have a head coach. Or Baylor, Big 12 champ, just beat number five Oklahoma State, avenged a loss from earlier this season, beat a top 10 Oklahoma team a couple of weeks ago. I think Baylor gets in. And what are you going to say? You're going to put two-loss Ohio State or two-loss Ole Miss in over a conference champ? No, the committee has to value a conference title. And so I think Baylor's got actually a pretty good shot to get in and I was surprised to see their odds as low as plus 20,000. And imagine if they do get in and you're holding on to that ticket. Oh, wow, we. Wow, we. I'm actually going to put that in. Baylor at plus 20,000. You know, they need to win, they need to beat uh, Oklahoma State first. But then if they do that, I think they can get in. This thing gets really, really interesting. Speaking of the college football playoff, uh, earlier on Tuesday on the nightcap with hosts Tim Murray and Sean King, they were joined by Chris Andrews from the South Point as they talked about the Michigan-Iowa game. Let's get to Michigan. Because Iowa's winning this game straight up. (laughs) I disagree, but I think it could be a Michigan win, Iowa cover. Uh, looking at you guys, you're one of the few in market now down at 10.5 uh, in favor of Michigan. So uh, what is it? I'm curious, the public in this spot, because it's what have you done for me lately? Michigan thumps uh, Ohio State. So is the public 
backing the Wolverines despite that big number? You know, no. I'm almost dead even on the game money-wise and ticket-wise, so there's no indicator there. i tell you the truth. This was a really hard game for me to handicap because I think it's going to be determined by who sets the pace. Now, if Iowa sets the pace, which they've done a couple of times this year against teams that were better than them, to be honest with you, if they could set the pace, they could easily cover this game and maybe even win this game outright. Now, if it goes the other way and Michigan sets the pace, I mean, this could get ugly. I mean, it could be a Michigan blowout. So I think this is this is the one game. Listen, if you're a teaser better in colleges, don't tease this game because this so anything could happen in this one. This could be a crazy, crazy outcome. I thought this was very, very difficult for me to come up to a number. You know, I opened a ten and a half, and I haven't moved it, so I guess it wasn't that bad of a number. But I don't know what exactly is going to happen in this game. I think we could see a strange outcome one way or the other. Well, Chris, I just came back from a meeting of all the genius brains in this country, and we all agreed you should move this line down to eight so everyone will jump on Michigan's side because <laughs> Iowa's going to win all right, and I don't want you to get woodshedded. Iowa's not winning out. Well, I, I don't think I'm going to get woodshedded. Uh, I'm dead either. <laughs> I know you're going to do good either way. <laughs> Uh, Chris, I, I, I'm rooting for anything but a rain out at this point. Hey, Iowa is winning this game. This is an unbelievably tough emotional spot for the University of Michigan. Nice. They came into this season wanting to get two things accomplished, beat Michigan State and beat Ohio State. They faltered on the first objective. The only thing that mattered was winning the Ohio State game. And as faith w- fate would have it, they have to try and emotionally get back up the following week they're going to try because it's, it's the Big Ten championship, but I'm just telling you they're going to fall behind in this game and play right into Iowa's hands. Michigan has at least three turnovers. Iowa shocks the world. 28-24. Ugh. Okay. Disagree. Well, Disagree. But we you know, my friend, I, like I said, I, you might shock the world. I'm not going to be shocked because I said this is, this is a crazy game. I don't know what's going to happen here. Earlier on the nightcap with Tim Murray, Sean King, and then their guest, Chris Andrews from the South Point. I actually agree with Sean. Uh, I'm taking the 10.5 with Iowa. I think it's a great play. I'm putting a little bit on the money line. I'm actually going to do a little money line parlay with Iowa and Houston and and Baylor. Just throw in the little underdog money line parlay. Uh, But I really do believe that Iowa has a legit chance in this game. Taking a look at the betting splits right now, where we are, courtesy of the DraftKings Sportsbook, we have... um, Iowa getting 40% of the bets and 44% of the handle versus Michigan 60% and 56% at the 10 and a half. Uh, some people are putting Iowa money line, though. 27% of the handle is on the Iowa money line at plus 360. Uh, I really think that we get a an Iowa uh, cover here, and I would not be surprised if we get an Iowa upset. Another upset that not only would not surprise me, but it's one that I'm calling for. As Sean King wants to throw out the the predictions, I'm going to give you the upset prediction. It's going to happen. I'll tell you about it coming up next. I'm Scott Seidenberg, right here on The Look Ahead, here on VSIN. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
you're on the look ahead. Scott Seidenberg on VSIM, the Sports Betting Network, always on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S C O T T S O N A I R. One upset that we talked about could happen this weekend in college football is Iowa over Michigan. And right now that line is at 10.5 with the Hawkeyes. If you want to sprinkle a little bit on the money line, they are plus 340. The underdog that I think is going to win, and I think Baylor has a good chance to win against um, Oklahoma State, and I said I'm going to do a little money line parlay on all these. It's Baylor, it's Iowa, and it's Houston. Houston's beating Cincinnati. I don't think people realize how good this Houston Cougars team is. They are number six, the number six total defense in the country. They're top three in sacks. They're top five in third down defense, top five in scoring defense. Um, They are a top five, top 10 defense in every category. It's really, it's unbelievable how good this team is. Offensively, they can score as well. They have a three-headed monster at running back. Clayton Toon has made nice plays all season long. They got a couple of really nice receivers. And I think that Cincinnati, if they win this game, I'd be thoroughly impressed. I really would. But I haven't, I wasn't impressed with them all season long. The game against SMU did impress me because they took advantage of real, real good opportunities and made some good plays down the field. I think that this game, though, with these two defenses is going to be tightly contested. The 10.5 points to me is a gift because I think Houston covers this easily. And I think Houston really does win this football game. This is a football team that lost their opening game to Texas Tech and since that game has won 11 straight games. And in these games that they have won, they have really dominated. And look at the scores. 44-7 over Rice. 45-0 over Grambling. The Navy game, close game, 28-20. A blowout win over Tulsa, 45-10. A blowout over Tulane, 40-22. The East Carolina game, tough game. They uh, actually fell down. They had to come back, and and they uh, they they allowed East ECU to force overtime at the end. They win in overtime. They escape. Every team's going to have that game. Then there's the SMU game, and that was a wild shootout. A wild shootout. Yes, they get the kick return at the end of the game, but I'm confident they win that game even without that kick return at the end of regulation. But you didn't need to go into overtime. You didn't need to have a final possession. They got the kick return for a touchdown and shocked SMU. Then the South Florida game, they dominate on offense. They allow two 100-yard kickoff returns for touchdowns, or else that game would not have been as close as it was. And they still won by 12. Then they blow out Temple. They blow out Memphis. They blow out UConn. There's a saying, and I believe it was um, by Daryl Morey, who was the Rockets um, GM. And he used to say that 
and now he's with the what is the president of the Sixers, that good teams don't win close games. They avoid them completely. That's what Houston's done for the most part this season. Cincinnati, great win over Notre Dame. Great win over Notre Dame. Other than that, there's no good there's no real good wins for them. Like Houston, they struggled with Navy. 27-20 they won. They struggled with Tulsa in a game that they honestly should have lost. Got lucky there with a fumble at the end. They win 28-20. The thrashing of SMU, yes, I was impressed with that. Because I thought that they were coming into that game and they were overhyped and SMU was going to be able to score on them. They held SMU to 7-3 and outs in their first eight possessions. But now against this Houston team, this is the toughest test that they will face this season. Toughest test they faced in two years. I really think Houston's got a shot to pull this thing off. I really, really do. They're that good in my opinion. It's a bummer that the AAC doesn't play their championship game at a neutral site because I think it would have been a little bit better you know, for Houston playing at a neutral site, but they're playing this game at Nippert Stadium. So obviously Cincinnati gets a boost by being home. I think that's why we're getting the value here at the point spread at uh, 10.5 points. So I'm taking the points. I'm sprinkling a little bit on the money line as well. But I think Houston really does get the job done here against Cincinnati. I'm rooting for chaos in the playoffs because I think we could see some bizarre things happening. We really could. We really, really could. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You can follow me on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. The biggest game of the weekend, though, is going to be Alabama-Georgia because there's a chance that Alabama wins that game. And if Alabama wins the game, they're both in. And then this whole argument about who's in, who's out, it doesn't even matter. Because an Alabama win, Alabama moves up to become the number one team in the nation. And Georgia will fall to number two or number three. It doesn't matter as long as they're not playing each other in the semifinal. Earlier on VSIN, the man, the myth, the legend, Brent Musburger, talking about this matchup. Brent, we're going to continue on with college football. I want to ask you about one more big game, the game in the Georgia Dome, in Mercedes-Benz, um, for the SEC championship game. The look ahead, Brent, when they open this up in the future book was three or three and a half. After Alabama's performance against Auburn, it's jumped to six and a half now. Can Kirby Smart's defense, this is a nasty dog's defense, slow down Nick and his offense? Is this the year finally for Georgia to win the SEC, or do you give Nick the edge because of all the past performances? That's a very, very good question, and it certainly will decide which way you should put your money down on uh, Saturday, Mike. I, honestly, I think the key to the game is who jumps out ahead. If Georgia can get out with a lead in this game, I think they'll take it to the finish line, and Alabama won't be able to rally. But the pressure is going to be clearly on Georgia. And if Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide can find a way to get ahead in this game, the pressure is going to start to mount over on Kirby's sideline, and Alabama might be able to do some damage. Honestly, I thought Auburn passed up a golden opportunity 
to go for the upset, and that was in overtime. Uh, Auburn puts up a touchdown. They need an extra point to tie. You're going to wind up going for two points later. You've got a gimpy quarterback. Coach Harson should have gone for the win right then, right then and now. We're going to have one play to decide it. It's going to be Alabama or it's going to be Auburn, and you roll the dice and you see what happens because the longer they went in that overtime, the more it favored Alabama and its talent level. And believe me, Alabama has to feel real good about itself because of that 97-yard touchdown drive inside of a minute. Unfortunately for Auburn, the Umbed does get out of bounds. That gives Alabama an extra 40 seconds in their drive down the field, and they make excellent use of it. They score. So I would be an in-game better, okay? This is my advice to the betting public. Let's say that Alabama gets to a 7- or a 10-point lead, okay? And they go to that timeout. Check what the number is, and don't be afraid to back the Crimson Tide because the bookies are going to be a little bit hesitant to make them a big favorite because of that Georgia team and what they have done all this year. Now, if Georgia gets ahead, forget about it. They're going to take it to the finish line, and they're going to take it all the way into the college football championship. Will there be, in my opinion, a heavy favorite to win? I asked a couple of scouts in the NFL. I said, give me a read on that Georgia defense. Everybody's raving about it. And one of them said, Brent, it's the real deal. They're deep, and they can flat play, and we've got about three, four guys we're looking at. The other one, uh, he wasn't quite that positive. He said uh, they haven't played that good a schedule. A couple of the teams were down this year, especially Florida. He said they're okay, but he said I wouldn't put them in the Hall of Fame quite yet. So, you know, put your money down and take your choice. There he is, the great Brent Musburger earlier on Odds On here on VSIN. I think Georgia has just been the most complete team in college football all season long and kind of the unsung, you know, team. It's like you ask the average college football fan to name you some players on the Georgia Bulldogs and they're not going to be able to. They don't really have the sexy names, you know. It's it's not like they they have players that are up for the Heisman Trophy like a CJ Stroud of Ohio State or even Bryce Young of Alabama. You know, Stetson Bennett's been playing nicely at quarterback, but they are led by their defense. And as a whole, this is the best, most complete unit in all of college football. I'm not going to touch the spread in this game. I think Georgia wins this game, and I think that it's, frankly, might not be close. I'm Scott Seidenberg here on VSIN. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSIN holiday offer is here. Right now, when you sign up for our $99 midseason football special, you'll also receive a $20 credit to the VSIN store. Get all of our expert sports betting analysis, insights, and data for the rest of the football season, plus $20 to buy VSIN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. Hurry, this is a limited time offer, so sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift at vcin.com slash subscribe. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on vcin, the sports betting network. Taking a look at the NFL Week 13 slate, which will get kicked off on Thursday night football between the Cowboys and the Saints, and we will find out here on Wednesday whether or not Sean Payton has decided to go to Taysom Hill as the starting quarterback. I think that is the best move for this Saints team because I think 
He uh, adds a different dimension to them uh, offensively with his legs, and it allows Sean Payton maybe to be a little more creative with the playbook. And so I would make Taysom Hill a starting quarterback because I have not been impressed, and I've certainly, the Saints can't be happy. They've lost four games straight with Trevor Simeon as the starting quarterback, so why not make a switch to Taysom Hill? If I find out that Taysom Hill is the quarterback in this game, I I like the Saints plus the points here with the potential to pull an upset over the Cowboys. I really do. If it's not Taysom Hill, then I I don't like the Saints at all. Saints haven't done anything. Um, And I think that, obviously, the quarterback change could tweak something. Uh, But it's it's not just that. It's it's also the rest of their injury report. You have to really um, see where they're at. For this um, for this game, Marcus Davenport uh, is still not practicing. Alvin Kamara, though, was limited in practice, which makes you feel good about his possibility. But Ryan Ramchick, the offensive tackle, he is questionable. And Teron Armstead, the other tackle, is questionable as well. They get any of those guys back, you feel a lot better about the New Orleans Saints going into this game against the Dallas Cowboys. I just think the Cowboys are in a little bit of a little bit of a, a must-win spot here. Now, nothing's a must-win until you're getting eliminated, but you've dropped two straight. And even if you do win this game, you just you got to make sure that you're in your right form because you're coming up against Washington next week. And that's the first of two games against Washington. And Washington actually has control of this division. If they win out, they're your division champs. It's as simple as that. They're 5 and 6 right now. They they go 6 and 0 oh the rest of the season. They're 11 and 6 division champs. I don't even think they need to do that. I think as long as they just go 5 and 1. You know, 10 and 7. You're division champs. And with those five wins for the rest of the year, two of them have to be over the Cowboys. And if that's the case, then the Cowboys just need one more loss to help you out. And that could come against the Cardinals. Or it could come on Thursday night against the New Orleans Saints. No Mike McCarthy. No... Three offensive assistants, strength coaches, and you're going to be without all, all these coaches here for this game against the Saints due to COVID. That's gotta that's gotta impact you on a short week with limited preparation as is to now not have your head coach and to be you know going at this thing with Dan Quinn as as your interim coach. It's it's definitely it has to um, has to weigh on you. you know, the Cowboys could be prime for an upset here on Thursday night with the New Orleans Saints. Elsewhere, you're looking at some spots here that have potential for upsets. The Chargers Bengals game is very interesting. Um, I don't know who the Chargers are. Some weeks they impress me so much that. I think, yeah, Brandon Staley is the coach of the year. And, yeah, this team is a dark horse to win the AFC. Other weeks, I think this team stinks. 
uh, first glance, I want to take the points. I think you might be better off going with the over in this game because the Chargers can't stop anybody defensively. And the Bengals have done a really nice job of scoring the past couple of weeks. 41 points against the, the Steelers, 32 against the Raiders. They allowed 41 against the Browns. They scored 31 against the Jets, 41 against the Ravens, 34 against the Lions. So the Bengals are scoring. And the Chargers, well, they're just allowing teams to score. So I think uh, the over could be the play in this game because that's that's the type of game that the Chargers want to get in anyway. You know, they want to play like, like the 41-37 game against the Steelers. That's the type of game the Chargers are comfortable in. When they know that they just got to keep, you know, pedal to the metal. So that's what I think we can get in this one. Um, Do I think the Giants have a chance to stop this Miami train? The Dolphins have won four straight games. Although, let's just call it for what it is. The Ravens win was the one that does jump out, jump off the page to you. Beating the Texans, Jets, and Panthers doesn't necessarily scream we're ready to be a playoff team. Now they face the Giants and the Jets, the Saints, the Titans before facing the Patriots. I mean, this Dolphins team could go on a little run here. It wouldn't be the craziest thing to see this Dolphins team all of a sudden creep up with a chance to make the postseason. I still don't think that they do, but... It's not that crazy. Right now, the Dolphins' odds to make the playoffs up on DraftKings. Will the Dolphins make the playoffs is at, where are they? The yes is plus 1,000. The no is minus 3,500. Now, they need, to, they need some help. Right now, in the playoff standings, the Dolphins are the 13th seed at 5-7. and seven. But look at the schedule. Giants, Jets, Saints, Titans, Patriots. Maybe this team wins out. Well, they're not going to win out. They'll lose to the Patriots. Maybe this team goes 9-8. and eight. And does 9-8 and eight get to the 7 seed? That probably doesn't. But it would certainly be a nice story. The Stolpins team playing good football right now. Can't, uh, can't knock them. They're playing good football right now. The Jets, I think they can pull an upset over the Eagles, though why would you want to? You know what's crazy is um, I was looking at the NFL draft order, and the way it sits right now is that the Jets have two top five picks. So the reason being is because the Jets get the Seattle pick because of the Jamal Adams trade. And with Seattle looking as bad as they have this year, I mean, that Jamal Adams trade just looks even better and better for the Jets. So right now, if the season ended today, the Jets have the fourth and fifth picks in the NFL draft. Crazy, right? Then you have the Giants, who have six and seven. And the Eagles at nine. And 10 because of a, a trade with, the, with the, uh, the Dolphins. So 
it's a very interesting matchup here. Jets and Eagles, both teams clearly not going to make the postseason. And uh, both teams could improve a little draft stock here with a loss. You got the Colts at the Texans. Uh, Houston, I don't see them pulling an upset. They, they, they did their upset when they beat the Titans, but then they lose to the Jets. That was a reality check for them. Uh, you have Washington as an underdog at the Raiders. I absolutely think Washington can win that game. The Steelers, can they win at home against the Ravens? Yeah, because the Ravens haven't really looked that great. But the Steelers, that was a bad, bad uh, loss last time out. And Seahawks, I don't think they pull an upset against the 49ers. This is a bad Seattle team this year. And I don't see the Broncos. I think the Broncos are the play maybe with the points. But I don't see the Broncos pulling an upset at Arrowhead. Ten-point dogs. A little too much. And then on Monday Night Football, yeah. Yeah, the upset would be a uh, a win for the Patriots over the Bills. Actually like that very much. Very much so. Coming up next, we're going to get into the NBA schedule for Wednesday, the NHL schedule as well. Try and pick out some winners on the board for your Wednesday sports betting action. I'm Scott Sadenberg. You follow me on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Follow all of us here on the network at VSIN Live. This is the look ahead here on VSIN. Coming up next, NBA, NHL picks for Wednesday's action on the Sports Betting Network. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We have a new prop tracker now available on vsin.com for you to keep up with key NFL props. Head to vsin.com to get current odds as well as the movement each week to follow the trends and find the best value. Track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year, and more. Check out the prop tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every game now at vsin.com slash NFL. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Let's take a look at the NBA action from Tuesday and what we have coming up here on Wednesday. On Tuesday, favorites went 4-1 and one with the Grizzlies, the only underdog winning. They won 98-91 against the Raptors. The Nets beat the Knicks 112-110, but the Knicks did cover the spread. The Suns beat the Warriors, and they covered 104-96. Blazers won and covered against the Pistons 110-92. Lakers won and covered against the Kings 112, uh, excuse me, 117-92. And the Suns have won 17 straight games yet they are still not the favorite to win the Western Conference. Let's take a look at the NBA slate on Wednesday. You have a a, a nice set of games with uh, Hawks at the Pacers. Pacers right now are a one-point favorite. The Wizards host the Timberwolves with Washington as a three-point favorite. You have Denver, an eight-point favorite on the road at Orlando. The Celtics, a one-point favorite at home against the Sixers. The Heat, seven-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Cavs. Thunder are three-point favorites at home against the Rockets. The Bucks, eight-point favorites at home against the Hornets. Mavericks, four-point favorites at the Pelicans. And the Clippers, six-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Kings. 
Don't know if any of these really jump out to me right now. And I'm trying to see, you know, um, we've seen so many times, like the NBA with these back-to-backs, it's so interesting because these teams play each other, you know, multiple times in a row. The Rockets just beat the Thunder 102-89, to and now that was at home. Now they're at the Thunder in this one. We know it's hard to beat a team twice in a row. And uh, I can see, you know, the Thunder winning this one. Last time that uh, the Rockets went to the Thunder, they lost 101-89. So the Thunder, you know, the Rockets are hot, though. They have won three straight. Uh, Maybe it's time you snap that. Uh, And, you know, they could be looking for a play here on OKC. Uh, I like the Sixers against the Celtics. Uh, Embiid has come back. He's played well. The Bucks certainly over the Hornets. Milwaukee has um, won seven straight games now, and none of them have really been that close. Like, it started with the Lakers win. That was the close game, 109-102. Then it was uh, a 96-89 win over the Thunder, 117-108 over the Magic, followed up by a 123-92 route of the Magic, a 114-93 win over the Pistons, and a 120-109 win over the Nuggets, 118-100 over the Pacers. They're eight-point favorites at home against the Hornets. I expect them to win by double digits. So that would be one to look at. And the Heat. The Heat, I need to find out if Jimmy Butler's playing. Didn't play in the game against the Nuggets, and they lose that game. So if Butler doesn't play, obviously it changes things. If Butler does play, I expect the Heat to bounce back from their loss and to take care of business against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cav has come into this game um, as a team that I certainly enjoyed betting on at the beginning of the season. They did just beat the Mavericks 114-96, but they did lose a bunch in a row. Obviously, with Colin Sexton out, their team changes a little bit, you know, a lot different. But with the combination of Allen and Mobley, the two big men, and if Ricky Rubio continues to contribute off the bench, this is a very difficult team to play against. I need to see what the lineups are in this game. I do like the Heat, though, to win. Maybe maybe they don't cover. I do like them to win. And then we just saw the Kings blow a first-half lead against the Lakers without LeBron and get blown out in the second half, 117-92. Like, they blew them out in the second half. The Lakers outscored them in the second half 67-33. to So the Kings now playing on the second night of a back-to-back, this time against the Clippers. I don't expect a different result. I expect the Clippers to get the job done against this team. Clippers are coming off a loss to the Pelicans. You got to wipe that uh wipe that loss away. Wipe that stench and uh get back on the win column with a win here at home against the Kings. So my initial leans would be the Clippers, the Thunder, um the Bucks, the Heat depending. I like the Sixers. And uh, the Nuggets, certainly, against the Magic. Denver did just snap a losing streak. Um, How about the Pelicans? Pelicans playing some decent basketball. They've won two of their last three games. And uh, Valanciunas hit, what, seven threes on Monday night? 
So if he can continue to shoot lights out, then the Pelicans are going to be an interesting team, uh, especially once, uh, you know, once they get Zion healthy. It's a different team. For now, let's see what they can do with Ingram and Hart. But Valanciunas is leading the way. 39 points in their last game against the Clippers. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Follow me on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. On your Wednesday NHL schedule, let's take a look at what we have with the latest updated odds for your NHL action. It'll be the Rangers hosting the Flyers. Rangers are minus 190 against Philadelphia. Toronto, a minus 130 favorite at home against Colorado. The Canucks are minus 120 at Ottawa. The Red Wings are minus 115 at home against the Kraken. Seattle's actually played well last couple of games. Um, You know, they're coming off. uh, They've won four of their last five games, the Kraken have. And in their last game, a 7-4 win over Buffalo, they, um, you know, they played pretty good in that game. Um, so I I watched it. They scored, I think, two shorthanded goals. So I wouldn't be surprised that the Kraken keep this thing going. They're playing. They're in good form, as you would say, if it was soccer. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here on the list? You got the Penguins at the Oilers, Edmonton is a minus 130 favorite at home. The Golden Knights are minus 165 at Anaheim. And uh, that's it for your schedule there um, for Wednesday. Anaheim is coming off a upset win at LA. And they won 5-4 in a shootout. Now they play the second night of a back-to-back. Granted, they're home. The travel's not much. It's just a quick car ride down from Los Angeles to Anaheim, and uh, I would say I lean Vegas just because Anaheim playing the second night of a back-to-back, you know, so I would lean off, lean uh, the Golden Knights in this one. That's why they're they're a favorite. I'll tell you what you got to pay attention to. Sometimes you see lines in the NHL, and, and let's just understand, if you're, like, not a, a hockey fan and you're not watching these games all the time like I consider myself I'm like a fringe hockey fan like I do watch I, you know I, I watch I'm a Ranger fan I watch my Rangers and um, I do I am familiar with a lot of hockey like I do obviously I pay attention a lot more when it comes to the playoffs I got you know with football and everything going on it's hard to pay attention to everything but I do follow a little bit I follow enough I should say to know at least what I'm ta- what I'm seeing and what I'm reading and there's been times where you have games featuring teams that if you didn't watch these games or you didn't know it about these teams and you were just looking at the records, it doesn't make sense to you. Like, why would a team like the Seattle Kraken, who have seven wins on the year, be favored on the road at Buffalo? And, well, there's a reason for it. You know, it's like there's a reason for everything. If a line, if you don't understand a line because it doesn't make sense to you because you don't know and you're just going off the records of these teams, sometimes the line can tell you which side you're going to bet on. That's all I'm saying. There could be ways that you can look into this thing. 
I like the Rangers. They've been having a great season, and I think this team gets it done. They've won three straight games. Their game against the Islanders were postponed. They've been chomping at the bit to get back on the ice. Rangers beat the Flyers. That's what I'm going with. Coming up on Follow the Morning this uh, Follow the Money this morning, Johnny Avello from DraftKings will join the program at 8:45 a.m. Chris Fowler, ESPN College Football announcer at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, and then Will Brinson, CBS Senior NFL writer at 9:15 this uh, coming up on uh, Wednesday morning. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Follow on Twitter at Scotts on Air. This is the Look Ahead here on Visa. This is VSIN, the sports betting network. Whether you're a novice or a seasoned veteran in the sports book, VSIN is here to help you improve your sports betting skills. VSIN has assembled the leading team of insiders and handicappers to analyze every angle of every game so you can make the most informed. 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 